are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress.
mercy for all of the things that you do for us. God, we love you. We do worship you. We do care about this time in your presence. Join me now as we pray and ready our hearts for the word. Father, we thank you for walking with us through another week's journey. Blessing us through the high times and the low times. Blessing us in spite of ourselves. Thank you for being that kind of God. Thank you for this service and all that has taken place. Thank you for our youth. Thank you for all of these who have reached that hallmark in their lives. And we pray for their futures. Pray that you would bless them and keep them and sanctify them and use them, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray that you would lift again your human out of self, that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit and speak to us and through us in this moment. As we open together your word, we pray that you would bless us with the understanding that we stand in need of. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Bless the words in our mouth and the meditations on our heart that it may be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We ask it now in the name of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God. After the message um, and after the, the songs and baptism and all, we're going to show a video of the graduates. We'll get that for you as you go out. But um, I want you to turn again, pick up the reading where we were last week. Last week we looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and we looked at the, the 16th verse. The 16th verse had only two words in it. Rejoice evermore. And we're going to look at verse 17 for the morning and it has only three words in it. And these words are pray without ceasing. This is the word of God for the people of God. I want to preach from just that subject, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. I don't know if it happens today, but when I was a young kid graduating from elementary school in the eighth grade, we had autograph books. And in my autograph book, my mother made a deposit. She wrote in my autograph book the same things that she had written in all of my siblings who were before me. So that meant eight times she had written the same thing. But this was now my autograph book. And she wrote in my autograph book in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, at that time, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that it was scripture. I didn't understand that it was to be a beacon that would guide my life. But I chose to accept it. And to follow the simplicity of it. And when I got ready to go to college, when I finished high school, I was praying, acknowledge him, he'd direct my path. When I got ready to choose a major in college, I remember thinking that in all my ways, acknowledge him, and he would direct my path. When I graduated from college and it was time to get married, I prayed doubly hard in all that way. <laughs> Acknowledge him and he would direct my path. When I took on a job, if everything that I've tried to do from that moment on has been based on those simple words that were deposited in me. And this morning, I would like to make a deposit in all of our young people here today. In all of us, but especially to those of you who are young. And that deposit simply is this. Pray without ceasing. 
pray without ceasing. Now, I want to explain that to you and help you understand what it means. It doesn't mean that you'll go through life just mumbling stuff under your breath. That's not what we mean by pray without ceasing. There are some deeper truths that you will learn as you grow and as you go that will cause you to want to pray. So what I want to do is, is, is to tell you that, that praying without ceasing is, is as natural as breathing. Just like you breathe. You don't even have to think about breathing. It's a part of you. But I know that we don't do that. I know that we don't pray without ceasing. And I'm not critical of you because I don't always do it like I'd like. And because we don't always pray enough or as much as we think we should, we sometimes feel guilty. We know that this is what the words say. We know this is what we do, but we just don't do it. And so I want to help you understand what's behind this. Why should you pray consistently? What can we learn from being persistent, consistent in our prayer life? What well, we learned from Jesus. Jesus was the master teacher. He was the son of God. And he came to the earth and he lived. And as he lived, he taught. And one of the things he taught was this whole issue about prayer. His disciples, the men that walked around with him every day, noticed that he had this strange habit of praying. And they noticed that he would pray sometimes, and then the power would come. He would heal, he would raise, he would do stuff, and they were just blown back. And they said, listen, Jesus, teach us how to do that. In other words, show us how to access this kind of power that can be released in our lives. And Jesus taught them, okay, when you pray, say this. Say, our Father, which out in heaven, hallowed, which means holy, be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, he taught them. He said, now, this is what you say when you pray. And then he went a step further and he said, not only this is what you say, but keep on saying it. And so he gives them two stories, two parables in the Gospels, right here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, where he was just talking about teaching them to pray. He went on to tell them a story that was totally unlike God. Most of the illustrations when Jesus gave people a parable, it was something that will show them what God is like or how God thinks or how God feels. But this parable was completely opposite. He said this. He said, a certain man had a friend who came to him at midnight. And he knocked on his friend's door and he said, hey man, get up. I got company. People have come to visit me and I have no bread to set before them. Get up and give me three loaves of bread. And the man inside said, man, go away. The door is shut. My family and I are in the bed. I'm not going to get up and give you nothing. But the man kept knocking. He continued to knock on the door. Man, I told you, a friend of mine has come, and I have no bread, no McDonald's open, no food world open, no food public's open, nothing open. Get up and give me what I need. And, and, and Jesus was teaching this. He said, though the man inside did not get up because he had a friend who came to the door, yet because the man was persistent and kept knocking, 
he got up and gave him what he needed so that the man could go away. Now, now listen, listen at the lesson. The lesson is on the value and power of being persistent. If a man who did not care nothing about his friend would get up and give somebody something that they need just because they would not go away, look at God. God who is much kinder, who is merciful, who is wonderful, who is benevolent, will give you what you need. But you need to learn how to be persistent, to stay with it and not give up. So many young people and so many adults give up far too soon because we have this thing inside of us called pride. And our pride gets offended when we don't get it immediately. If somebody doesn't answer us right away, if they don't do what we want them to do right then, we say, forget it then. That's not how you deal with God. God is loving, God is kind, and sometimes God will put you to the test. Sometimes God will make you wait, but you need to just keep knocking at his door because once that door opens, oh man, you got the blessing that you need in your life. And so we want you to learn how to be persistent, to stay with it, to stay with your prayer life. They sang a song, man, when I was growing up in church. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. They say, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So you got to learn. You got to learn. Take this as a deposit today. Take this and learn to be persistent in praying to God. Now, Jesus carries that illustration further in the 18th chapter of Luke's gospel as he was teaching continually his disciples to pray and not lose heart. And so he comes out with another story that's unlike God. He said, in this city, there was a certain woman who had some tormentors of people who was giving her a hard time. And in that city was a judge. And the woman goes to the judge and says, relieve me or give me justice from my tormentors. And the judge, the Bible said, did not care nothing about God, did not care nothing about man, and the judge said, I ain't going to give you nothing. But look at what this woman did. She kept going back. She was persistent. She was insistent. Judge, give me justice. Judge, give me justice. And listen at what the lesson is. And even though the judge did not care nothing about God, nor care anything about this woman, yet because she was worrying him, he gave her justice. Now, I want you to understand, you don't worry God when you pray, but you still ought to do it anyway. And you need to keep at it until he blesses you with what you are in need of. Listen, you need more than just a loaf of bread at midnight. You need more than just justice that come from somebody mistreating you. You need God for everything you're going to do if you're going to be effective and successful in life. 
But you got to learn the power and the value of being persistent. To do it without quitting. To stay with it until it is done. And that's what we want you to understand today. That's the first thing. Now, you could also learn the value of persistence by watching Jesus' own prayer life. Because Jesus prayed all of the time. Sometimes he'd pray early in the morning when he first get up and he'd pray. He'd talk to his father and he asked his father about what he wanted him to do for that day. Sometimes Jesus would spend all night in prayer and praying to the father for guidance. And sometimes the prayers of Jesus would get so heavy and it would become intense. And, and you will see how hard prayer can be. Look at this. Look at one time, one classic time, when Jesus was coming near the end of his earthly life. He went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed. He fell on his face, and he prayed. And he prayed three times that night. And he prayed so hard that the Bible said it was as if great drops of blood came from him. Now that was a serious, intense prayer. And he didn't do it just one time. He did it three times. Now, now, now let me tell you something because this is what you need to understand. There are times when prayer is going to be so heavy and so intense that you just have to lay with it until it, whatever it may take. Sometimes you have to fast. That is, don't eat anything to pray. Sometimes you just have to hold on and just do it until God comes through. Now, look at the intensity of Jesus' prayer life. Now, cause, see, you don't see that level of work or intensity in nothing else Jesus did. When Jesus healed people, he didn't struggle. He didn't say, oh, my father, give me power so I can get that devil out. No, he just called the devil out and the devil just jumped out. He didn't struggle when he healed blind people. He just made mud out of clay and put it on their eyes. They wanted to go, go see, go wash and see. He, he just, when he got ready to feed all of those folks, he just took the little boy lunch and just started breaking it and passing out food. It wasn't no stress. It wasn't no strain. It wasn't any challenge. But when it came to prayer, I mean, he poured out his heart so much. And I'm just telling you, Avison, as a young person, there will come times in the course of life that you are going to have to pour out your heart before God. But when you do, you'll, you'll, you'll understand there's a mama here somewhere that know what I'm talking about. There's a daddy here that know what I'm talking about. There's some folk in here that have been walking with God a long time and know that it's not all a, a tiptoe through the tulips. That sometimes, man, life can get ugly and you just have to come with it. Jesus prayed three times, man. And it was such long prayers that his disciples went to sleep. And Jesus go back to them and he said, could you not watch with me? For one hour while I talked to the Father. They were totally insensitive to the depth of challenge that was in his life. And sometimes other people may not be able to understand why you feel like you do. And other people may not be able to grab a hold of the intensity that you feel in your personal trials. So, so, so let, me, let me tell you this. Let me give you this. I want to give you 10 reasons or 10 motivations. See, you have to be motivated to pray like that. You have to be motivated to pray anyway. Unless you're like me. Now, you know, if you're like me, man, most of the time when I pray, I end up going to sleep. Am I by myself? 
Anybody ever go to sleep praying? And, and, and you know what? And when I wake up, I find myself still trying to pray. And sometimes I have to finish what I started when I wake up. Uh-huh, right. So, so, so it means you have to be motivated. There has to be something from the inside that make you want to pray. So I want to give it to you because this will help you learn how to pray without ceasing. So, so number, number, number one, number one, number one is you pray for the glory of God. You pray, you pray not my will, but thy will be done. That's what Jesus was praying in the garden. He said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. And sometimes when you're trying to find out what God wants for your life, you have to lay it bare before him. Listen, when Jesus taught us to model prayer, he said, when you pray, say, our father who is in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Sometimes you have to pray, Lord, your will be done on earth. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my family. Your will be done in my finances. Your will be done. Not what I want, but whatever you're choosing to do. That's a reason that motivates you to pray when you want to know what God's will is. In the Old Testament, there was a man whose name was Daniel. Daniel had been reading the prophet Jeremiah, and he knew that God was only going to keep them in captivity just for so long. And Daniel prayed. He said, God, do what you said. Do your will. Get your people out of here. Do what your will has already been said to be. So you got to pray. You want to know the will of God. Secondly, if you want to be motivated to pray, you, you, you should want to have the fellowship with God. You ought to want God for yourself. Listen, there are some needs in life that money and honey and nobody else can feel. God made you with a little room just for himself to live in. And nothing or nobody can satisfy that deep need. And there are times if you want to pray, you have to pray that, God, I want a relationship with you. That's how the psalmist talk. The psalmist talk in, in Psalm 42, he, he uses this illustration. He said, as a heart, meaning a deer, as a deer pants after the water brooks, so my soul longs for the living God. Now, now, now a, a, a deer, man, you know, I told him this morning, we, we city folk, we don't know nothing about deer. But when a deer has been running from a hunter or something like that, he can smell water that's as far as a mile away. And it does something inside of him. He just imagines how that water is going to satisfy him. And listen at what the psalmist saying. Just as a deer pants, longs for, wants the satisfaction that the water will give. So does my soul want you, God. And that motivates me to pray. When I want to be in the presence of God, there are sometimes, man, I want to get by myself. I want to talk. I want to feel God. I want to be in his presence. I want to sense him. And my heart longs for that. And nothing but prayer, talking to him can do it. Here's, here's, here's how another psalmist put it. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He said, who shall I be afraid? He said, the Lord is the strength of my life. He said, he said even when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, he said, they stumbled and fell. 
He said, though war should encampus around me, he said, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and inquire of the beauty of the Lord. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In the secret pavilion shall he hide me. He goes on to say, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. There are times when nobody or nothing can do for me what God can do. Only God can satisfy the longing of a broken heart. Only God can touch the invisible spaces inside of me. And only God can meet certain needs. tell you one of the problems that occur in human relationships is we have two levels of intimacy that we need to understand. There's one level of intimacy that you need for another human being, but there is a level of intimacy that only God, that closeness with God, and the problem occurs when you try to make Johnny or Willie or Sally meet the need that only God can meet. They can't do it. They can't do it. And so you have to pray. And that will motivate you to pray to have that need met. Thirdly, you have to pray. If you want to be motivated to pray, you pray because there is a need in your life physically that you need. God will supply your needs. Give us this day, Jesus told those boys. Say that. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. There are some times when you need to just talk to God and say, God, give me what I need to get me through today. Give me the help that I need today. Give me the strength that I need today. Give me the comfort that I need today. Give me the money that I need today. Give me whatever it is that I need today. Daily bread is not just food. Daily bread is whatever I need, and God will give it. But you have to ask for it. You have not because you ask not. Or when you ask, you ask plan, double-minded about it. And you can't be double-minded if you're going to talk to God. You got to be focused on what you're saying. So, so, so three is needs. Four, we pray, we're motivated to pray when we need wisdom. Listen, listen to what Jesus taught his boys. He said, listen, and, and pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <clears throat> there are times, man, when you need to pray to God and ask God, God, help me to recognize that this is not going to be a good decision, that, that, that this is not going to be wise for me that I don't need to make that choice. Show me instead what I need. Listen, God has already made it clear in the book of James, in, in the New Testament, he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men liberally. God will lavish you with what you need. And all of the stuff you need ain't financial. All the stuff you need is not relationally. Sometimes you just need the good sense to know what not to do. And if you're in a leadership position or as you go, you need to know. Man, I'm telling you, when I was in school, God, show me, man. You're the source of all wisdom and knowledge. I got to pass this test. I'm not sure I even understand what I'm doing. Give me guidance. I promise you one time, man, I was taking the sophomore exam, which was necessary to get into the educational program, and, and I prayed, man, so God helped me, show me. And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if I was just imagining it, but the book that I had looked like it had all of the answers in it. I, I don't know whether I was seeing that supernaturally or whether that really was the way it was, but I started down, I said, yeah, that's the answer I put. And I did it, and the next one, that's the answer I put. Yeah, that's the answer I put. And I went down about 10 or 12 of them. Then I said, okay, the rest of them right then. So I went on down now. And guess what? I passed. <laughs> because God will give you 
the wisdom. Listen, you need to know, lead me not into temptation. Don't let me go down certain trails. Don't let me make a mistake like that. Don't let me do this kind of thing. Don't let me spend this on that. Don't let me go in those places where I might end up messing myself up. It's not always the other people. Sometimes the decision that you made that messes us up. And so you want to pray for wisdom, and that'll motivate you to pray. Then, not only that, but let me tell you what. If you can't pray for no other reason, I guarantee you, you'll pray when trouble knocks on your door. Let, 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 trouble, let trouble knock on the door. And, and, and he stands there with his arm folded. Yeah, I came for you. I came to mess with you. I came to mess with you. I came to mess with your children. I came to mess with your family members. I came to mess with everything you got. And you got to pray. You got to say, Lord, please help me here. You got to pray for God to deliver you in trouble. Oh, boy, Daniel, I was talking about him earlier. Daniel knew he was going to be in trouble because he prayed. And they came to his house, and they found him still on his knees. Daniel said, well, God, I know what's going to happen. They're getting ready to put me in the lines then, but I'm going to hold on to your hand. Didn't stop him from putting him in the lines then, but in the middle of trouble. He prayed. Let me tell you another boy who prayed in trouble. His name was Jonah. You know what they did to Jonah? They picked Jonah up and they threw him in the sea. And, and a big old whale swallowed him. And the Bible said, and from the belly of the whale, Jonah prayed. I guarantee you he didn't pray for the missionaries first. He didn't pray for nobody else first. He was praying, God, get me out of here. And when trouble comes, guess what you going to say? Unless you're not redeemed. <laughs> now, if you're not redeemed, you might say some other thing. But if you're a child of God and trouble come, you're going to say, God, get me out of here. I was a Star Trekker. I used to watch Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. Get me out of here. And sometimes that's how you have to talk to God. God, get me out of here. Life can get ugly. It can get funny. It can get stupid. And we have to have him. And that's why we pray. We're, we're motivated to pray. Here it is, number six. I didn't give it to you this morning, but I'm going to give it to you now. You have to pray sometimes for relief from fear and worry. Fear and worry are real. Sometimes, man, you can anticipate in your mind what's getting ready to go down. And you can know that if the Lord don't help you, you know you're going to be in trouble. You know it's about to jump off. You know the possibility. Come on now. I remember, man, when I was a school principal, man, the kids would come to the office. I said, why are you here? And the little girl would say, she made me cuss her. I said, no, she didn't. I, I said, you, you told yourself if she say one more thing to you, you were going to cuss her. So the cussing started ever before you came, you know, because you had already told yourself. And you yourself know that there are situations that you tell yourself, if they say one more thing to me, it's going to be on. I may end up losing my job. I may have to leave here today. But if they cost me today, Lord, help me. And so you have to pray. You have to, anybody ever have to pray, Lord, set a watch over my mouth? Do you, do you, you have to pray, God, guide me, direct me, calm me, keep me under control. Not only the fears, but the worries. Man, sometimes life can throw so many things, you could be about to blow a gasket. Lord, please give me guidance, clarify, help me understand, calm me down. Don't let me be so overly worried about this. I know you're going to work it out. I just don't know when. I just don't know how. But if I hold on to you, I'm sure it's going to all work out for my good. And you have to pray you have to pray through worry. You have to pray through fears. And God will do it. He will. He's a kind God. He's not going to tell you, go away. I'm in bed. No, he'll get up and give you what you need. He's not going to be an unjust God who tells you, oh, you worrying me. Leave me alone. No, God will give you the justice that you need. 
But if you want to pray, if you want to really learn how to pray, you have to be, you have to be a thankful person. If you're a thankful person and you start reflecting on past blessings, man, you ain't gonna, man, I just break, I break out sometimes just that thank you, Lord. I mean, God just does stuff, man, and just make me just on the spot say thank you, Lord. You go out and get home tomorrow and something in that mailbox that you wasn't looking for, you'll say thank you, Lord. Or you go through them drawers and you find something tucked away somewhere that you forgot you put it there. And you realize that's a 20 or that's a 100 and you ain't got nothing in your pocket at that moment. You'll say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you will. You know you need some gas and you don't have no money to get no gas. And you flip through the center console and you find a little something there. You'll cry out, thank you, Lord. You'll go through a door and the door seems to be closed in your face. And God suddenly opens the door. You can't help but to lift up your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, won't he do it? When you think about the past blessings that God has done, every good and perfect gift that we have received have come to us from above, from him who is the father of lights in whom there's no variableness or turning. And when you think about the goodness of God and all that he has done for you, your soul can't help but to cry out, thank you, Jesus. Learn to be a thankful person. You'll learn to be a prayerful person. You're grateful. You look at your life and you see how God has brought you and how God has blessed you and how he's done it again and again and again. And you'll find yourself being thankful. You'll talk to him like that. You won't have to always say, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sometimes you just want to say, thank you, sir. People will look at you funny. They won't even know what you're talking about. Who are you talking to? Oh, never mind. Just thank you. And, and you move away from them just a few minutes and you think about it again. You say, I said thank you. And you can't help but to give him thanks because of all that he has done. If you want to be, if you want to know what prayer, praying without ceasing is, is being being motivated by these kinds of things. And not only uh, past blessings, but you, 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 you pray sometimes because you want to be delivered or freed from the guilt of your sin. Now, you need to understand something. When you do something wrong, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel bad because that's the byproduct of wrongdoing is guilt. It was that way from the beginning. Remember the first two people, Adam and Eve, when they were brought into the world, God scooped them out of the soil. He didn't stop them by Walmart so Adam could try on Fruit of the Loom. He didn't take them to Victoria's Secret so that Eve could get fitted up with Vicky. No, they were just there and they were naked and they weren't worried about it because they were created in innocence. But when they disobeyed God, guilt came, conscience was born, and they tried to take a fig leaf and hide behind it. And God came in the cool of the eve and he said, Adam, where are you? Adam said, I was hiding because I was naked. God said, who told you you were naked? Have you done what I told you not to do? And Adam knew that he felt guilt for the first time and he tried to cover himself and we try to cover ourselves when we feel guilty listen david in psalm 137 but psalm 32 said listen i tried to hold that sin i didn't want to tell anybody he said but lord you woke me out he said my bones groaned on the inside the juices in my body began to dry up because i realized that the only thing that would give me relief from the guilt was confession and you have to confess your sin you have to tell the Lord I didn't do it right I didn't think about it the right way I didn't speak to them in the right tone I didn't look at it the way I should have forgive me and when you do that you will find yourself in unbroken fellowship with God and sometimes you just have to pray to get relief from the weight of guilt from your sin. And that will make you pray. 
Then, number nine, I need to get on, get on down here now. You sometimes have to pray for, for the salvation of other people. Yes, you do. You, you, you have to pray for your own husband sometimes. You have to pray for your own wife. You have to pray for your children. You have to pray for your grandchildren. You know they ain't doing right. You know they ain't doing what they need to do. And you just have to say, God, you got to save them. You got to cover them. See, I didn't realize that that was really possible until I was a young boy and I used to hear my mom. She would pray for my brothers. They would be in the army. They would be gone somewhere and she would just pray, God, watch over them. Station your angels around them. Keep them from hurt, harm, and danger. Save them. And, 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 and you, do, you do need to know that there are people who can be brought to salvation through your prayers. You might not be the object of leading them across the bridge to salvation, but your prayers could motivate it. One may have planted, another may have watered, but it's God who will give the increase. And you need to be, you need to be willing to pray for this nation. You have to pray for the craziness that you see. I mean, man, if it was left up to me, man, somebody might not have made it this far. <laughs> but I thank God that it wasn't up to me. You know, and I've had to pray for these folk. I've had to pray for presidents. I've had to pray for congressmen. I've had to pray for judges. I've had to pray for police officers. I've had to pray for other folk. And we need to understand that. Walking in the street don't change it, but prayer does. And you got to pray. You got to pray. Man, these folk were just about to take this country and tank it, turn it upside down, wipe out your 401ks and your savings and delay your social security. I know you think it's funny, but let them do something like default on America's debt. And when your check don't show up on time and you can't pay your bills, I guarantee you, you'll pray to end. So you have to pray for folk. You have to pray for the wrong that you see. You have to pray for your own salvation. You have to pray for the salvation of others. That will lead you to a prayer life. And then lastly, you have to pray for the growth, the spiritual growth of other people. You, have, you ought to want to see people grow. We don't want to see nobody do nothing. We think that if we pray for somebody to grow, that they're going to get ahead of us. Nobody's going to get ahead of you. Whatever God has for you is for you. And can't nobody do nothing about it. Nobody can stop God from blessing you. Nobody can keep God from blessing you and honoring your life. He has a plan for your life. And nobody else's plan will fit your life. I learned about Booker T. Washington years ago. He had a poem that he said, the Lord had a job for me, but I had so much to do. I told the Lord, you get somebody else or wait till I get through. I don't know how the Lord came out. No doubt he got along, but I felt kind of sneaky, like I knew I had done God wrong. And one day I was in need of the Lord and needed him right away. But all I could hear him say, deep down in my accusing heart, child, I've got so much to do, you get somebody else or wait till I get through. Now my affairs run along or wait till I get through because nobody else can do the work the good Lord has for you. God made you unique. God's step made by God in your neck. And what God makes, God doesn't make any jump. And what God has decided you should accomplish on the earth during your life, nobody else will be able to do it. So quit worrying about what other folks say. He didn't give them your hair. He didn't give them your eyes. He didn't give them your shape. He didn't give them your life. It's nothing they can do about it. But look at you and said, look at what the Lord was doing. The Lord was showing out when he made her. The Lord was showing out when he blessed him. Let him talk. Let the hellhounds bark. All you do is understand, the more you talk about me, the more I'm gonna talk to him about you. You can talk about me as much as you please. The more you talk, I'm gonna stay on my knees. I'm on my way up and I ain't gonna turn around. I'm on my way to a higher ground. The Lord has been mighty good to me. That's why I'm thankful and grateful to thee. Is there anybody thankful this morning?
You can pray. You can pray without ceasing. When you're motivated to seek the glory of God, you can pray without ceasing when you long for the fellowship with God. You can pray without ceasing when you want the benefits or the needs met in your life. You can pray without ceasing when you seek the wisdom of God. You can pray without ceasing when you want deliverance from trouble. You can pray without ceasing when you think about the past blessings that God has brought in your life. You can pray without ceasing when you want God to deliver you from worry and fear. You can pray without ceasing when you remember all of the past blessings that God has brought in your life. You can pray without ceasing when you want to be thankful for the salvation of other people. You can pray without ceasing when you want to see other people grow. So take the deposit that I'm giving today. Put it in your heart and hear these words again. Pray without ceasing. Doesn't mean you walk around and mumble all the time. Breathe. Pray naturally. Let it be a part of your life. And you'll remember the Lord is excellent. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Listen, did you hear what the psalmist wrote? He said, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. He said, when I think of the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. He said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? and the son of man, that thou visited him. Thou made him a little lower than the angels and crowned his head with glory and honor. You put all things under his feet, yea, the sheep and oxen, sheep of the field, cattle of the earth. God has done it all because he's an excellent God. And if he's an excellent God, he's going to take care of you. He's an excellent God. When you knock on his door, he's going to open it. So keep on knocking. He'll open it. He'll open it. And when he open it, he's going to pour out a blessing. A blessing that you won't have room enough. Oh, he's, he'll, he'll, he'll answer you. You come to him, you say, Lord, I'm being mistreated. He'll say, I hear your prayer, baby. I'm coming. I might wait a little while, but I'm coming. You know he will wait sometime. Mary and Martha sent him a text. They say, our brother is sick. Jesus said, I'll be there, but I'm not coming today. And when he showed up, they said, Lord, it's too late. They said, they said he's he already gone. They said, don't worry. He said, don't worry. Just show me where you laid him because I got the solution no matter when I come. If I come on time, I got the solution. If you think I'm late, I still got the solution because I am God. And beside me, there is none other. He's an excellent God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. In all the earth, 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 in all the earth. Anybody can give him an excellent praise today. Can you give him an excellent praise? Can you tell him thank you? Can you tell him you love him? Can you tell him bless your name? Can you tell him, oh God, just honor you today? Sing it, children. Oh Lord, come on with it. Here we are right here. That's it right there. Doors open. Doors of the church open. Somebody might be here today. Somebody might want to come. Somebody want to give their heart to Christ. He's an excellent God, I tell you. He's a close friend. He'll bless your life.
time for you. We got time for you. And when you know that, you can pray without ceasing. We ought to be ready now, and we're going to go into the rite of baptism. Baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection. Death of the old nature, burial in a watery grave, and raised as a new creature in Christ. Amen. Yeah, Lord. Come on, can you help me sing that right now? Take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the water. Yeah. Take me to the water. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ. Located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest. Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.